Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. And we might have just saw the greatest weekend in NFL playoff history. And as we get into the conference championship games, if you want to place a bet on the NFL playoff action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Man, this weekend, nothing got better. You thought one game was good, then the next game was better, then the last game was even better. But make sure whenever y'all just even have a slightest thought about betting, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag, 365-247. Ike, all four games came down to the final mm-hmm. play, so there was a lot of great action this weekend. Right. Head to the new and updated desktop or mobile website, betonline.ag, to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, what a weekend it was. All four of the divisional round games came down to the final play. And we saved the best for last Chiefs and Bills last night in overtime. What a weekend. How are you doing this morning, my man? Oh, man. Football, 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 football. And I'm loving football. But, Mark, I asked myself last night, and I tweeted this this morning. I'm like, man, we just watched the Super Bowl before the Super Bowl between the Kansas City (laughs) Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. I really do hope the actual Super Bowl be just exciting as the Kansas City Chiefs and the Bills game, man. Godly, shout out to Gabe Davis. Young Gabe Davis went for a four-piece. That's four touchdowns. Had his career high. He showed his tail-off. We call that in New Orleans. He was cutting up. That's my dog from UCF, man. I trained a young man since he was a pup in high school. And he's like the Chris Brown, Lil Wayne, and Buster Rhymes. Look at me now. I'm getting paid. yeah Ike. he was incredible josh allen was incredible and it came in a losing effort chiefs set to host their fourth consecutive afc championship game for the first time ever it's never been done before everyone's going to be talking today though about this game and they're going to talk about how i think everyone would have liked to have seen josh allen get his opportunity in overtime but here's going to be an unpopular opinion ike It's a team game. It's a team sport. Defense matters. Special teams matters. And what this game came down to, because Josh Allen played good enough to win, Patrick Mahomes was even was incredible as well. One of the best quarterback duels I've ever seen. But special teams matters, and here's why. Bills take the lead late in the fourth quarter, 13 seconds left. The Bills' decision to kick the ball into the end zone with 13 seconds left gave the Chiefs 13 seconds to march downfield and to set up Harrison Butker's 49-yard game-tying field goal at the end of the fourth quarter. Here's an idea. Play kickoff coverage, force the Chiefs to return the ball, rally 11 hats to the football, and that way Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense would have had one play to score versus having two plays to set up the field goal. I know everyone wanted to see Josh Allen get his opportunity in overtime, But to me, if you actually watch this game, and that might not show up in the highlight package, that was the difference between winning and losing in this game. Bills go home, Chiefs advance to the AFC Championship game. Mark, you're 100% right. You kick it, you kick it in the field of playoff at the kickoff. You you only have an opportunity for one play in this ball game. But the fact that you punt it and you give them 13 seconds, so now we're looking at Patrick Mahomes, like how we look at, Aaron Rodgers, hey, man, they don't need too much time. <laughs> they like they like to have them walk-offs, and that's exactly, what, that's exactly what Patrick Mahomes did in OT. But he got an OT because of, I think, 
ain't gonna say bad decision making by the coach. I'm gonna say, man, sometimes the stage is too big. And they, they say that for players, but you can say the same thing for coaches. Because you you, you reflect back and be like, ah, oh, you know, you're stuck in a pickle. So the pickle was, do I punt and do I kick it off? A Bill mm-hmm. Belichick, um, Andy Reid, um, these these coaches who win the Super Bowls, a, a, a BA, they would have said, man, we're kicking this ball off. They would have thought the same thing you was just saying just now, Mark. We kick the ball off, kick it in the field of play, either make the run out of bounds ASAP, or 11 guys going to rally to the ball, and they only got one shot to get it to the end zone. That's it. We're not giving them no time on the clock for them, for Patrick Mahomes to throw it to a Travis Kelsey up the middle, for somebody to get out of bounds, because there's too many weapons that can get open ASAP and that can get out of bounds ASAP. So, yeah, I just I just thought, like, man, the stage got too big for head coach over there. And when you stuck in the pickle, man, you always second-guess yourself. And now I think this morning he is second-guessing himself on the decision he made by putting that ball. And I know the fear would be, well, you could give up a return touchdown. And we were talking before the pod today. Byron Pringle was the return man on that play for the Chiefs. I thought that the Chiefs should have put Tyreek Hill back out on that play as a return man. I would have put Hill out there. I would have put McCole Hardman out there. I know Pringle is a good return man himself as no, well. Pringle, but- Pringle, 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 Pringle Mark is the right guy for it. And here's why. Tyreek is a make you miss and go. See, Tyreek, he don't like – he don't like – so I four, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let y'all viewers know. Our four for us is I ten to the nation. Tyreek Hill don't like to go across I ten. Tyreek Hill likes the service roads. He don't. He, he get out of bounds. He get his yards. He get out of bounds. Now, if you feel like he got a crease and he can split and he can beat you, he taking off. But far as like contact, he's not hitting the I four. Pringle gonna hit the high four. Hartman is going to hit the I four. They don't mind dodging cars. <laughs> on the interstate. You know what I'm saying? And that's the big guys and that's the linebackers on the football field. So I see why they didn't put Tyreek Hill. Now they put Tyreek Hill with that explosive play on the punt return, but it's make one guy miss, do what you need to do, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. give you the deuces, like you say. But on kickoff, it's totally <laughs> kickoff is totally different, man. That's that's playing dodge cars on Interstate 10 or I four. And see, I thought the game was over in the fourth quarter when Hill goes in for the 64 yard touchdown with like about a minute left and he throws up the deuces. And I, and I tweeted this out too. And I'm like, let's hang this as a portrait in the Nelson Atkins museum, which is a famous art museum in Kansas city. And I thought the game was over at that point. Little did I know Josh Allen was going to go down the field, find Gabe Davis for his fourth touchdown. And at that point too, I'm like, okay, now it's over. No, 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 no. Patrick Mahomes, chiefs offense, 13 seconds left. Oh, man. And he found his two go-to targets, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. They set up the 49-yard field goal for Butker to tie it up and send the game into OT. Yeah, I'm, I mean, after Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady retire, the league in good hands. You got Justin Herbert, uh, and that's that's number four for me. You know, you got <laughs> you got Joe Burrow, he number three to me. <laughs> you got, you got uh, um, Josh Allen, he number two to me. Then you got Patrick Mahomes, he number one to me. Like after after Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady yeah. leave the building, they're my top four in in that order, in that order. And if anybody want to dispute it, you can. But right now, what Patrick Mahomes doing? He's been super consistent. He already going to the Hall of Fame in my mind. We see the emergence of a Josh Allen, and what Josh Allen is doing, he changing the game even more. He made Patrick Mahomes run. Patrick Mahomes was never a runner like that. Patrick said, so "You know what?" Josh, not only, not only do you have an arm, and I did watch you last week against New England, and you were slinging that thing in negative nine-degree weather, but I saw how you ran the ball. You know what? People say I'm mobile, but I'm not that athletic. But guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go for a career postseason high in rushing on the Buffalo Bills defense. I saw what you did, Josh Allen, and I'm talking as Patrick Mahomes. I saw what you did, Josh Allen. I'm going to go ahead and return the favor. I'm going to do the same thing, and that's exactly what he did. That's exactly what Patrick Mahomes did. When he had opportunity to run the ball, he ran it. Usually when he have opportunity, he always looking downfield to get rid of the ball. But it was a swap for a swap. Bro, you want to run the ball? I'm going to run the ball. Because this is exactly what I saw you do last week against the England Patriots. And I thought him using his legs kept them in the game because he had some big plays. 177 yards total for Mahomes right. after right. the two-minute warning. Right. And Josh Allen was incredible, too. 
the loss does not fall on him in the postseason. I this might be the greatest performance I've ever seen in a quarterback from a losing performance. Nine touchdowns, zero turnovers, 771 total yards, and only 14 total incompletions. That's tough. That's, that's tough, bro. I mean, that's 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 that's. But you know what? When and Coach T said you're eight plus players. When you needed a play, you got the punt return by Tyreek Hill. When you need another play, you got the walk off by Tyreek Hill. Your A plus players, <laughs> when they play A plus on big moments, that's what they do. Josh Allen is an A plus player, and what the Buffalo Bills needed all all game was him to use his legs and his arm, and that's exactly what he did. Because even when the man was scrambling, he was making moves and he was getting away from defensive linebackers. Like, man, how in the heck he did that? Then when it got down to the nitty gritty, I don't know if you remember that third and four when he just trucked the safety. He like, dang, like <laughs> this dude is landing all on the line. Then here come Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, like, I like what you're doing over there, Josh. But let me go ahead and show you what I can do. Now I'm not gonna truck nobody, <laughs> but I'm damn sure gonna use my legs and I'm gonna pick up these first downs. So. Like I said, like how we talked earlier, between them young studs at, at these quarterback positions, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, oh, we good, bro. But NFL good for at least the next 15 years. We all the way good, bro. We we all the way good. We are, And don't forget, I just named four in the AFC. That's four, that's four AFC quarterbacks. And we ain't even talking about a hurt Lamar Jackson. Man, I'm gonna I'm I'm talk to you how my grandma you talk. Man, this stuff getting gooder and gooder. <laughs> the AFC when it come back to the <laughs> to the quarterback situation, it just keep getting gooder and gooder. It gets no better when you want to talk about quarterbacks in one division, the AFC. They got they got like what the top five quarterbacks. I would Correct? say so. I would say so. Right. I mean, I would put Brady and Rodgers in that conversation, the old guard, but. Yeah, Who knows how many how many more years how but many more the years NFC. they have? But in the, I'm the, talking uh, about they're in the NFC, so they in the NFC. The two guys you just named, yeah, Hall of Famers, yeah. of course, they in the NFC. Sure. Okay, name name three, four, and five in the NFC. <laughs> that, uh, Russell that Wilson, be, maybe, but that's your point, Ike. Okay, I mean, I'm, okay, I'm with you. You're right. Maybe Russell you're Wilson, right. I agree. but I agree. I mean, I listen. There are. I don't think there are two or three others on the same caliber of the quarterbacks you just named on AFC, Ike. I'm with You're you. taking – and correct me if I'm wrong. I know we're going off script. Just correct me no, if I'm fine. wrong. You're taking Patrick Mahomes over Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to say Tom Brady until he retires. Yeah, I would. I, I, I would for this reason, too. Well, yeah, like, 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 not just for the player you're getting on the field right now. He's younger commodity, too. So, he, much younger player. So, yeah, 100% I'll take Mahomes. Even even in Aaron Rodgers' prime, I'm still taking Patrick Mahomes. Look how many consecutive yeah, times I would the boys have been to the AFC. Too. And if he mess around and get this W, he's what about to be a three three times in a row he'd have been to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We've been looking for that for we've been looking for that from Aaron Rodgers for a minute. He ain't been back since he beat us, and that was 2010, 2012, yeah. bro. That's yeah. 12 years ago, bro. This man had been there three times. If if they do go back this year, that's going to be his third time in a row. Yep. And we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. Ike, let's we'll go to the 49ers and Packers game. I, before we do, got to give you a shout out. You were three and one in your picks this weekend. I was one and three. So fade Mark, go with Psychic Ike Taylor. I got to give kudos where kudos is due, Ike. Uh, and again, well. one listen, game recognizes game. One of the best, one of the best playoff games we ever saw. Uh, our guy Dave Damashek tweeted about the 81 Chargers when they played the uh-huh. Miami Dolphins in the playoffs. It was the mm-hmm. game where they carried Kellen Winslow Sr. off the field, one of the greatest games ever played by a tight end. Right. I mean, you had that, maybe the drive, maybe the fumble. I don't know what they're going to call this Mahomes-Josh Allen battle yet, like what the title right. of the game is going to be, but it was a classic. And it's one it's one we're going to remember for a long time. It's one of the best playoff games 100%. I've ever watched, Ike. And one of the best playoff games outside of a Super Bowl. There have been a few really, really great Super Bowls. But outside of a Super Bowl, this is going to be up there. I'm not sure where exactly I'd rank it yet. 
we'll be talking Bro, about I'm, this for years to it's, come. It's 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 hard. It's hard. Not that's why I was saying like, is this the Super Bowl? Because that's how I felt last yeah. night. That's what I, that's how I looked at it last night. It won't nothing but swap for a swap. Hey, bro, you make a play, I'm about to make a play. I'm talking between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Hey, bro, you make a touchdown, I'm about to make a touchdown. Or one of your receivers making big plays, watch one of my receivers make big plays. Oh, you like to run the ball and use your legs, watch me do the same. Oh, you like to throw it to your running back, yeah, watch me do the same. Oh, the play calling, the play calling on both sides. Just just the play calling in general. Both of the offensive coordinators on both sides. They was in the matrix. Mark, there was in the Matrix, bro. Hey, I, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you how bad, but how good it is in this kind of way. I'm saying bad in a good way. I wound up watching the game again this morning because I couldn't believe what I saw last night. I had to watch it again. I said, "Man, this stuff too good." <laughs> I said, "It's cotton candy." You know how you go to that field, man. You get that cotton candy, then you get another cotton candy, then you get another cotton candy. By the time you leave the field, you done worked on your six bag of cotton candies. I'm going to need a second stomach, Ike, if I'm going to be eating that much sweets. But I, I see what you're saying. You couldn't get enough of it. You couldn't get enough of it. Um, we'll go to 49ers Packers. And I can't help but wonder if we saw the last time Aaron Rodgers will suit up in a Green Bay Packers uniform. And it all shook out how we foresaw it, Ike, in terms of, okay, is Aaron Rodgers going to be disgruntled in Green Bay? Because at this point, I want to see him as the interim host of Jeopardy this offseason. Let's get him in all the State Farm commercials. Can we get him in a more exotic vacation than even his Hawaii vacation we saw last offseason? See if he's disgruntled at all. Does he want out of Green Bay? I would love to see him out of the NFC North. And let's get him to say, hmm, maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's all shaking it out in our favor, Ike. I'm just saying. And the, the 49ers upset. That was absolutely huge of the Green Bay Packers on the road at Lambeau Field in the snowy conditions, too. Like only 10 points scored, too, is a low scoring game. Hey, massive shout out to defense coordinator DeMarco Ryan. You want to talk about calling the game and being in the Matrix and being in the zone? That was DeMarco. I had an opportunity to play with DeMarco, you know, while he was in the league. But man, I didn't know his DC skills was. <laughs> Elite like that. I'm talking about shutting down. If you say Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers' defense for the Green Bay for the Green Bay Packers, they did a hell of a job. So yeah, if, thirteen if, to if ten like, game, Mike. Yep. Yeah, when you looking at when you looking at the score, you like, damn, A. Rod, you couldn't get sixteen points. Because when you think about A. Rod, you think he's putting up points. But now on both sides of the ball, you know the Green Bay Packers defense they held it down. But golly, that was expected between Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I'm saying? Especially coming off of the, the game against the Dallas against the Dallas Cowboys. That's kind of what's expected. Like Jimmy just up and down, you know, but the whole Aaron Rodgers to 10 points throughout four quarters, four quarters, four quarters, and and in the cold. And that's where everybody kept saying, oh, it's going to be such and such in Green Bay. And I kept telling yeah. people, I was telling people this at, at the Corona Cigar Bar. I said, man, look, if y'all ain't never been to the Bay Area, it's a different kind of cold. That fog, them clouds sit low in that water, man. Like, it get just as cold <laughs> in the Bay Area as Green Bay. It's just not snowing. It's a wet cold over there. And, boy, his name is Debo, and he brings a boom box to stadiums, and that's exactly what he do on the field. He boom your box if you try to tackle him because that boy be cutting up as well. <laughs> the wide back, Ike, the wide back position. He's invented his own position with how he's played the sport hey, this season. Perfect, he's been incredible. Hey, that's a, per- a, a perfect adjective, bro. Like, I don't know where you be getting up these words, but <laughs> you hit that one on the head. I told you that last week. <laughs> that's a good word right there, bro. And how about the poetic justice? Robbie Gold, 39 years old, former Chicago Bear, in the snow, on the road, Lambeau Field hits the game-winning 45-yard field goal. What poetic justice for a player who the Chicago Bears cut in 2016, 39 years old. Poetic justice, Ike. And one thing I noticed on the game-winning field goal, after a timeout, the Packers only had 10 defenders on the field. I don't know how the heck that happens, but it happened if you go back and watch that replay. Packers only had 10 men on the field in trying to block Robbie Gold's game-winning field goal. Hey, man, that that game, and it's just a mentality for me 
for the San Francisco 49ers. And I'm just going to go back to John Lynch. I remember watching John Lynch. I remember playing against John Lynch. And all he wanted to do was take the soul out of grown men. (laughs) Take the soul out of grown men. Take the soul out of grown men. And take the soul out of grown men. And what I mean is the aggressive, old school, physical contact football. There is no finesse. When you look when you when you look at the LA Rams, you see a little bit of finesse. When you look at the LA Chargers, you see some finesse. When you look at Green Bay, you see some finesse. When you see the Tennessee Titans, <laughs> just straight street brawling. When you see the San Francisco 49ers, just straight street brawling. You know what I'm saying? I, I look at the team, I look at for me, because I like boxing. Dallas Cowboys, boxing. Green Bay Packers, boxing, even to some degree, the Tampa Bay Bucks, boxing, Kansas City Chiefs, boxing. But when I look at the Tennessee Titans, I'm thinking bare knuckle. When I, when I'm looking when I'm looking at the the Buffalo Bills in, in some aspect, just because of Josh Allen and the way he runs, bare knuckle. When I look at the San Francisco 49ers, 49ers I'm looking at bare knuckle. It's a little bit different when you got them hands padded and somebody hitting you in the face, then when somebody hitting you in the face with them bare knuckles and they just cutting you wide open. So for me, it's just the mentality of a John Lynch, man. Every time I think about San Fran and I think about their GM, I know what he drafted. He's trying to draft guys with his personality, whether you're a blocking receiver, whether you're a receiver who needs to play running back, <laughs> or whether you're a defense or offensive lineman. He just want old school smash mouth football players because they fit his personality. And yeah, the games are going to be super ugly, Mark. They're not going to be high-scoring games. But you're going to be so as hell after you play the San Francisco 49ers two weeks later because that's the physicality of their team. Yeah, bring your big boy pads, like as you like to say. And John Lynch was one of the hardest-hitting safeties in NFL history. 100%. If, if any of your younger viewers aren't familiar with how he was as a player, you too, primarily bet. for a star Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense – Wow. Wow. I going over the middle against John Lynch, especially back in mm. the day where they didn't back protect the players. You didn't you didn't do that. You didn't that, 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 that. that was Interstate 10. Now nowadays you get to go on the service roads. You can take the service roads and you can just hit a light, you can go your own speed limit. But nah, back in the day, John Lynch and company, that was I ten right there, bro. Heck no. I'm here for the Ike Taylor car references here on today's show. Ike. <laughs> Kicking it back to the ASC, Bengals and Titans, and how about jackpot Joe Ike? Sacked nine times in this game, and the Bengals still won. No matter. Delivered it when it counted to Jamar Chase. Yes, sir. And you tried yes, to tell me, you said, Mark, if I've got to take Ryan Tannehill, I've got to take Joe Burrow. I'm taking Joe Burrow. Tannehill had three interceptions, a late one that cost the Tennessee Titans. Correct. The Bengals did a really nice job bottling up Derrick Henry, Ike, but you tried to tell me, and I didn't listen. You said, Mark, I love the matchups, and matchup-wise, I like jackpot Joe Burrow. I hope that nickname catches on, Ike, because I was watching this game, and it was the very first one that kicked off the weekend. Jackpot Joe. Jackpot Joe. Yeah, jackpot Joe, man. But... It's not even what he do on the field. Like, you see his post-game press conference, you're like, oh, he really is groovy. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're asking him about his shades and cigars. They ain't really asking him about his game. It's like, damn, his wag, his phone sway, as we like to say in New Orleans, is so off the chain. It's like, hey, Joe, we know what you can do on the field, bro. But what you what you going to wear next Sunday, man? What you, you can wear some glasses. You can wear a jacket with no shirt because that's what you just did a couple of weeks ago. Like, Joy, what you going to do? But that's just jackpot. I'm telling you, that team feeds off that young man. And even though he's an older veteran because he is 25, 25 years old, so he's very mature for his age in the league at this at this time, man, jackpot Joy, man, he's the, he, he's their personality. And, what, and, his, and, and his personality is he's always even killed. Like, regardless of whether they're winning or losing, you'll never see his body language or his facial expression. Man, that's a domino effect towards the whole team, regardless of whether they win or losing. They just got a lot of confidence beating the Kansas City Chiefs 
And that ain't do nothing but just that ain't do nothing but just triple down. And you saw what they did to the Tennessee Titans. So we can out finesse the Kansas City Chiefs and beat them. And we can play physical <laughs> against the Tennessee Titans and beat them. That's starting with Jackpot Joe. Then you got a receiver who think his nickname is 7-Eleven, Jamar Chase, because he feel like he always open. And the only person that can check him is him. And then when it comes to crunch time, that's exactly what he do. Regardless of whether you got one or two people or you or you run the triangle on them, and that's a linebacker, a safety, or a corner. He always getting open, some way, somehow. And if Jackpot Joey sees one-on-one coverage, I don't care if Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins is wide open, you best believe he's going to Jamar Chase. So mm-hmm. for me, when it look, when I looked at Ryan Tannehill, I already knew what Ryan Tannehill was. That's him. He's been that way his whole career. It ain't nothing spe- <laughs> He's not going to be something <laughs> different when it comes to the postseason. He's a good, under-the-radar, regular season quarterback. We don't talk about him enough because we always talk about King Henry and company and, and head coach Mike Mike Verbal. But when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, the first person you say is Jackpot Joey. You don't say when you look at the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill. If we're talking about Ryan Tannehill, we're talking about a deficiency he do have. That's just like talking about Kirk Cousins. We talk about Kirk Cousins. We talk about yeah, Kirk Cousins is great in the regular season, but the postseason, nah. But when you talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, it's jackpot Joey all day, Mark. Jamar Chase, 109 yards receiving against the Titans, first rookie in NFL history to have multiple 100 yard games in a postseason. Ike, he is the best rookie receiver I've seen since Randy Moss. 100. He might be better. He might be better. I'm not no, no, sure no, I yet. Think- but I'm not that's since Randy Moss. I'll, I'll go there. Yeah, I mean, Randy Moss is a Hall of Famer. So. Hey, but uh, this is a good way, though, Mark. I think yeah, he's of course. better his rookie year. I think he's better his rookie year than Randy Moss. Yeah. That's just my personal opinion. Just going off from, from what I see, he's running every route. And, yeah, Rand, Randy got double team all the time, but Randy just threw his hands up, and he was going to beat whoever was checking him regardless. That was, that was what Randy was going to do. But Jamal, Jamal doing it all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's running across the middle. He's running slants to the house. He's taking crossing routes to the house. He's taking, he's catching back shoulder fades. He's taking goals. He's taking posts. He's a red zone. Like he, he don't mind. He, Randy stayed outside the numbers. You very rarely saw Randy go inside them numbers. Very, very rarely. Jamal don't care where it's at on the field. He said, man, I'm just happy to be in the NFL and be a football player. Throw it anywhere and I'm going to catch it. I don't care if it's inside the numbers. I don't care if it's outside the numbers. Coach, just put me in a position where I can make a play. And that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, that, I don't I don't think you're being disrespectful. And and it, this is no disrespect to the great Randy Moss. But as yeah. a rookie, I'm going to take Jamar Chase. That's I, – I'm with you there. And that's – like, look, Jamar Chase would have to have several more great seasons to be even man, in the same man conversation. Man, Yeah, yeah. I mean, like – to me, Randy Moss is the second greatest receiver all time behind Jerry Rice. So, but I'm saying best rookie receiver, talking one year as a rookie. Yeah. We're, we're on the same 100%. page. We're on one, the same bro, page. The dude, it's hard to do, you know, two a, a few two pieces, and that's 200 yards plus in NFL game as a rookie. I mean, it's guys who've been playing in the league, they ain't never had a 200 yard game. This man that did this multiple times as a rookie, though, as a rookie. So, yeah, I. 100%. The rookie campaign, who's probably the best ever so far that I've seen in my generation, I got to go with Jamar Chase. I agree with you 100%, Mark. I want to go on the flip side of the ball. And this mm-hmm. game came down to fourth quarter. Titans are driving, have the ball at the Cincinnati 35. Third and one. Ryan Tannehill has a read option to Henry. Tannehill decides to keep it. No game. Fourth mm-hmm. and one. They give the ball to Derrick Henry, and he is stopped Stop. behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. The Bengals rally to the football and fly to the football. If you want to see a great example of that as a coach, stopping Henry behind the line of scrimmage before he can get his momentum going forward. To me, this game was won and lost on that two-play sequence. The Titans go down and score on that drive. I think we might be talking about a different result in this game. But as a result, Ike, it's the first time since the 2010 season we're both number one seeds. And I'm talking about the Packers and the Titans 
have been eliminated from the playoffs in the divisional round. So the Bengals, I mean, we're talking about Jackpot Joe and Jamar Chase because they delivered when it mattered. Right, to me, it right. was really that Bengals defense holding Derrick Henry, who had 20 carries for only 62 yards. I tip my cap to the Bengals defense. No, I mean, you I mean, you got to. I mean, that, that's what we're not talking about enough is the Cincinnati Bengals defense. And we've been uh, – not only we've been an advocate of T.J. Watt for the Pittsburgh Steelers, or Cam Hayward for the Pittsburgh Steelers, we truly believed on this Believe in Steelers podcast, why the hell you would let Mike Hilton go? Because he really is a Pittsburgh Steeler. And you see what the hell he's doing over there for the Cincinnati Bengals? He ain't doing nothing but just making plays. That's all he's doing. When, when they need to play, <laughs> whether it's tackling the big guy or whether it's getting a pick in crunch time, guess who's making that play? Oh, Lord, Mike Hilton. I wonder what team he was with a couple of years, years ago. All oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Guess who's hurting right now in the secondary in the AFC? And they're in Pennsylvania. And they ain't talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, man, that's, that's what's so upsetting. It's like, I don't know if it's ego or pride. Some, man, you got you, you to keep football players. That's what I'm trying to say, Mark. Hell with the size. Hell with the height. Hell with the speed. The man has always been a football player. And they talk highly, the Cincinnati Bengals, his teammates. They talk highly of this man. He's fearless. He, did, he don't give a you-know-what when he got to hit whoever he needs to, whoever he needs to, when he needs to, regardless on the size. And now he's getting so comfortable in that nickel position. It's hard. It's hard because playing corner is easy. We're on the outside. We inside the numbers. Yeah, they might run a slant. They might run a dig. Post. It's cool. We're playing the inside. You got the whole field. You know, we just got the perimeter to guard. This guy might heal. And this goes to shout out to all the nickel cornerbacks and the down cornerbacks. You're the extra outside linebacker when they take the other when they take the other outside linebacker out. So obviously you got to do a run pass read. So you got to be physical enough to play like a linebacker, but you got to be skilled and fast enough to cover a wide receiver or a tight end or a running back coming out. You know how hard it is? You know how much space you got from the inside out? What it is, 53 yards from sideline to sideline? And we just talking about from sideline to sideline. We ain't even go vertical. That's like 110 yards from touchdown, I mean 120 yards from touchdown to touchdown. So, come on, man. Major shit. And when you got somebody who can handle and fit your personality, that's why I'm so, so upset about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And another thing, let me get this off my chest too. Mm-hmm. Why the hell would you get rid of James Washington? Because I know this is exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers going to do. Every time y'all needed to play, every time he came, and he only came in for a couple of plays. Mm-hmm. He came in for a couple of plays, and what did he do? Grab a first down. It was fourth down, and you, you needed a fourth and 11 or fourth and 13. Guess what he do? Grab a first down. Oh, I think I need a touchdown. <laughs> Guess what James Washington do? He grab a touchdown. So you give all these other guys opportunities, six and seven looks, six and seven attempts, and they might catch three or four balls, or they might drop three or four balls. But you get James seven plays, and he'll go six for seven in two tubs. Hey, Pittsburgh, we done made a mistake on letting Mike Hilton go. Don't do it with James Washington. I'm letting y'all know right now. I know that's exactly what y'all want to do. But if y'all do it, I'm going to be even more mad. But I just had to get it off my chest, Mark. No, Ike, I think that's totally fair considering Washington didn't get the snaps he really wanted to in a contract season. And we know the $8 million price tag you're going to have with Juju Smith-Schuster, who's a good receiver and everything. You might get a little bit better value with James Washington. And finally, if Mason Rudolph is going to be your starter, you talk all the time about the familiarity of having a college teammate. Both of them Mm -hmm. attended Oklahoma State together. Keep that continuity going together. So... What you're saying to me makes a lot of sense, given the value. You're not going to have to pay James Washington a massive contract. But, Ike, you already see the writing on the wall, considering the success that the Steelers have at drafting at the receiver position. You see, if James Washington signs somewhere else, he's going to have a nice 2022 season. A season I expected him to have in 2021 in a contract year just never really came together for several different reasons. Yeah, they're going to drop the ball on this one. I thought they dropped the ball with Mike Hilton. 
they're going to drop the ball again if they get rid of James Washington. It was, it was the usual suspects, and people need to listen to this show. And the ones that do, we thank you for that. But this is coming from a player who played in the league for 12 years, right? And so I, this is where I'm going to tout your credentials in terms of game-recognizing game. And while we were watching this Bengals, uh, this Bengals uh, game, in Titans game, I'm texting you. It's the usual suspects. It was Mike Hilton. It was Foreman for the Titans, who had a nice season filling in for Derrick Henry. And I'm just yep. texting you their names because it's like they kept making play after play after play after right. play. And it was like, wow, you know, if you'd been listening to Ike all along, you could have foreseen, you could have foreshadowed of who the usual suspects are making the plays. Foreman, the running back for the Titans, Mike Hilton, and the nickel for the Bengals. And you've been telling us this week, You've been telling this week after week after week, Ike. That's the point I'm trying to make. Just my eye test. And that's and I guess stats stats are cool. I've never been a stat guy. When we talk on the show, you probably have to be more of a stat guy because that's that's what you do. That's in your realm. And I gotta bounce off of you and I gotta use my eyes. So that's why I think we just kinda go well when we get on this show and we talk football. But yeah, I just I just keep it with my eyes. And then my eyes been telling me. And I always look at football and I always try to give my analysis on the whole perspective on any team after week four. Now, for me, it's going to be after week five because they added an extra game. So after week four, they just let me know the personality of that team. It's going to let me know what defense coordinator like to do. It's going to let me know what the offense coordinator like to do. And it's going to let me know, man, who's about to be consistent as a star on whomever football team. So that's how I like to look at things. I like to look at things in quarters, you know, every – Every four games, I like to give my perspective on teams and what I see. And, you know, I think we both agree that he might get coach of the year and coach Mike variable of what he did with the Tennessee Titans. Um, just just understanding that King Henry was out damn near throughout the whole season and him getting that number one seed now, that didn't mean anything when it came down to the postseason because everything is from scratch, zero, zero. So, but yeah, man, we just, we, we do good. And hold on, hold on, before we go any further, Massive ass shout out to our YouTube viewers for putting us over a thousand subscribers. I saw Mark tweet that. I was happy as hell. So keep 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 watching, keep tuning in, keep viewing, keep subscribing. Make sure, and it's not the end of the show, but make sure y'all five piece us, meaning five stars us, five star us, rate and review us. I appreciate the thousand subscribers. Mark, you can take off from that. My bad. I just had to say that too. Of course, Ike, and I know that they're tuning in for an average of six minutes per video to see my beautiful face grace their screens, however they decide to watch the Blue right. and Steelers podcast, too. I love it. One quick thing sure. to wrap, to put a bow on this Bengals-Titans game. Rookie kicker mm -hmm. Evan McPherson, a 52-yard game-winning game -winning field goal as time expires. Shout out to Easy. Evan McPherson as a rookie doing that on the road to knock off a one seed. Ice. I got to give credit yeah, where credit is due. That's a tough yeah. kick, tough situation, and he absolutely nailed it. Bengals are going to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, ice. Ice in the veins. That's all they do, man. When when you're fearless and, and you and you don't give a what, and you just wait for these kind of moments, that's ice. That's ice in your veins. When your hands are not, are not sweaty because you're not nervous and your heart ain't beating fast and you done found a way to breathe, that's 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 ice. That's ice in your veins. That's what McPherson had. That 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 young man. That's a rookie, because you know they got a lot of veteran guys. That pressure hit them, and they're like, "Oh Lord, boy!" Everybody stood up. Matter of fact, I think Jackpot Joy said he was already walking on the field because you know McPherson was gonna hit it in his post game press conference. So that's just letting you know, man. That team over there, man, they something different. We'll go to the final game of the weekend. I the Rams beating the Tampa <clears throat> Bay Buccaneers. You called the upset. Now, I, I did put this caveat in because I watched our show back on Friday. I said, take a look and see if Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs missed the game. Wirfs did not play at right tackle, and the Rams took advantage. I'm sure you noticed this from a defensive standpoint, right. Ike. The Rams lined Aaron Donald up at the defensive end over position up. over the right tackle right. filling in for Tristan right, Wirfs. Right, right. Wirfs is an all-pro tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I, I said this going in as a caveat. I said I will pick the Buccaneers to win, but if those two players don't play or one of the two don't play, Rams are going to take advantage and they're going to feast. And that's exactly what they did this weekend. But, man, I thought Brady was like that old movie villain who won't die. 
I thought Brady and the Buccaneers were going to come back and that the Rams were going to uh, blow this game considering they were up 27 to three I Rams end up hanging on. Yeah, I, I did too, Mark, but it's official. If your quarterback can't move, you ain't winning no, no more Super Bowls. I tweeted this throughout the game. I said, I said, Tom Brady is the last of his dying breed. And I mean, pocket quarterback passing because it's, it's too many Von Millers. It's too many Aaron Donalds. It's too many uh, Malcolm Floyds. It's just too many guys on that defensive line where they just too hungry to get out to the quarterback. And if your quarterback is a statue, just ask the Pittsburgh Steelers. If your quarterback can't move in that pocket, it's going to be tough, bro. Now, don't get me wrong. Tom Brady, for me, is the GOAT for the NFL period. I think he's the greatest of all time when you want to talk about a football player. I love his pocket pocket presence. I think his his shuffle and his slide game in the pocket is bar none. But, nah, not this young generation. If, if you – this young generation, man, the, Tom is the last one. I think Seven is going to retire this year. Um, <clears throat> I think Tom – Either this year or next year, he will retire. Next year, I'm thinking for sure. But if you don't have that set up like Tom, if you don't have perfect perimeter guys, if your offensive line ain't healthy like how it was last year, it's going to be hard being a pocket quarterback. And I think Coach T even saw that because he said something last week in his post-game press conference. He was like, right, we got to get a mobile quarterback. That's that's it, that, that's it. This is where the league is headed to. You can get a quarterback to sit in the pocket if you want to, you won't be you won't be a head coach for long in the NFL. So, yeah, that's and that's when I saw that. That's the first thing that came to my mind, Mark. I said, "Dang!" <laughs> I said, "Papa Tom can't even move. He can't even move. He can't even slide." Like Papa Tom was saying, "Ghosts," you know, because he was getting hit or he was getting pressured so much. Even when it wasn't that he thought there was that he was just making moves he usually don't make. You got you, you put a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen in that situation or Russell Wilson in that situation, they're going to slide, they're going to move around. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So now, now it's really 11 on 11. But Tom, Tom, Tom was off his rocker. And a, a big shout-out to Matthew Stafford. Now, I will say this. Matthew Stafford going to have to do the same thing because Matthew Stafford is athletic, but he has too much of a pocket peace of mind. You know, he likes to sit in the pocket all day because he trusts his arm all day. Matthew Stafford is going to give us some guys who are going to come around to him because the defensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they 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 play they play it okay. But these boys from the 49ers, they get to the quarterback. And they get to the quarterback without having to rush anybody. So, hey, Stafford, you're going to have to get your butt outside the pocket because that's what he's not comfortable with. We don't really look at it. We don't say Stafford is mobile. We say Stafford have a strong arm, has one of the nicest arms. Mm -hmm. For the L.A. Rams to have a chance against the 49ers. I don't know if Stafford watched the Super Bowl before the Super Bowl last night between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. But if he did, them two quarterbacks did something they usually don't do. I'm sorry, Josh Allen usually does this. They use their they use their legs and they ran the ball. So if Matthew Stafford don't run the ball, they because he's gonna have to, they're not gonna have a chance against the San Francisco 49ers. I'm gonna keep this in the back of my mind as I watch the NFC championship this upcoming weekend. I I doubt that it was Brady's last game, considering during the regular season he led the NFL in both touchdown passes and passing yards. He is under contract through 2022. So I think we see him come back next year for the Buccaneers. He could change his mind, but that's just kind of my sentiment of what I saw. Um, 27 to three, I, the fact that the Rams nearly blew this game, to me it was the Rams more so blowing it than the Buccaneers coming back because you had the Cam Akers fumble, but then I was texting you on the play where Mike Evans caught a deep touchdown pass, one-on-one -on -one coverage with Jalen Ramsey. We were going back and forth a little bit. And I know Jalen Ramsey's a stud, and you're like, look, you know, they pay him $100 million. He's got to be able to win a one-on-one -on -one scenario. But to me, I'm of the thought process. I'd rather let Scotty Miller beat me deep and roll the coverage to make sure we're stopping Mike Evans than seeing oh. – than, than rolling the coverage to mm -hmm. Scotty Miller. Like, that. that's my thought process, Eric. Uh, I, I want to hear your side he, of this, though. He, but see – 
she J- Jalen stopped his feet. He he thought because because it was third long, right? It was third long at the yeah, time. Yeah, I mean Brady just chucked it deep. Yeah, but that's Mike Evans and that old lazy route long stride running. Like okay, he's not about to run to the sticks and stop. Oh shoot, this dude just ran past me. But as a corner, no, nah, I don't like. I didn't have no help. You could ask Ryan Clark. You can ask Tyrone Carter. You can ask Troy Palomalu. I didn't when Coach called five zone, and for us the outside corners, that's man coverage. It won't no help. It's I go check the best receiver every week, and I might give you a cover two or cover three. If we got sixty five plays, I might have got that five times in the game. For me, that was a break. So nah, I, I have no pity on these corners who we're talking about and giving help. Because when I played, I didn't ask for help. I didn't want help. I thought it was very disrespectful. If you said you was helping me, basically you said I wasn't the right man for this job. And if coach didn't say, Ike, you got so-and-so this weekend, I thought that was very disrespectful. So now, if you think Jalen Ramsey is a dog, which he is, he's one of the best in the league, yeah. If you think Jalen Ramsey is like a, a, a Darrell Revis, let, let him go one-on-one. Let him go cover zero the whole time. Because that's what Revis did. Revis said, man, y'all call whatever y'all want to call on this side. I got him. I Taylor said, told Coach, hey, call whatever y'all want to call on that side. I got, I got him. So, yeah, I have no pity for these corners. I have none whatsoever. I have none whatsoever. If you think you're that guy, ask your coach, let me check the best receiver every week if you think you're that guy. I I love this man. I love your mentality. I do. I do. But here's my thought process. Mm -hmm. AB's not there. Chris Godwin's not there. Your best receiver is Mike Evans, right? Like he's the one guy in that scenario who's capable of beating you deep. And we see that given his consistent production. He's had seven or 8,000 yard seasons consecutively. Seven or eight seasons of a thousand yards. I would rather see... I know, I know, but I would rather see well, but, but here's if why, we're going to get beat one on one. Let's let Scotty Miller beat us deep than Mike Evans. I'm That's the only at, point I'm, I'm trying to make. I'm looking at matchups. I'm looking at matchups. So one matchup is I see with the Saints. Now you got a quarterback from the Saints who lock up Mike Evans, and he's six inches shorter. I, I do. I, that's what I do know he do, and he gets under his skin because he's very physical. I do know that, and they play each other twice a year. That's that's what I do know. So how you at six three can't lock? a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, receiver up. But I got a guy, Marshawn Lattimore, who's like 5'10", in a pit bull, who damn that locks him up every time. I'm not buying that, Mark. Mark, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. I, it, it's, it's, it's hard to buy. It's, it's, it's hard to buy that, Mark. I got a guy that's playing him twice, and he gets under his skin every single time, and he's giving up about six inches, and he barely, he barely getting touchdowns on him? No. But I got a guy down to his height. No, that's that Dominique Rogers. I mean, not Dominique Rogers. That's the Dominique Cromartie. When him and Revis, Revis ain't number 5'10". Cromartie won't. Cromartie like 6'3", 6'4". That ain't number Jalen Ramsey. It's just Jalen can play inside out. Jalen can play inside, outside, pre-safe to whatever he wants to on that back end. You had to leave Cromartie on just, just right there on one side. No way in the inside. But hell no. Not when I got, not when I got a little man from the Saints locking down against Mike Evans. You ain't. I, that's that's the you want to talk about matchups, Mark? <laughs> that's the matchup I'm looking at. Like, how the heck you gonna let little man <laughs> check tall man better than tall man checking the other tall man? Nah, Jack. <laughs> nah, Jack. You can miss me on that one, Mark. Mark you can miss me on that one, dog. I got you Heck fired no. up, Mike. I got you fired up. I love it. I love it. If if the Rams had blown the twenty-seven to three lead, that would be one oh, of yeah. the plays we were talking oh, about, no. though. I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, and I was going to text you, but I said, you know what? Let me just see how this game play out because because I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk cash, cash smack to you, but I, I honestly, deep down inside, I wanted time. I wanted time. I wanted time to win that thing, man. Because I'm like, Tom about to do this thing all over again. Because you can just see it in Sean McVay's face. Like, you can see he's talk. You can see he was thinking Atlanta. 
You can just oh, yeah. see it. Like, oh, yeah. You can see in his face. Was, his face. Oh, my. Coach went from having the tan, coming out the tanning bed, to down there looking pale like he in Ireland somewhere. I saw that over the course. I saw that over the course <laughs> in, in 20 minutes. I said, oh, God damn, the tan, the, the tan and left. The tan and left, and his boy done went to Ireland. <laughs> I said, man. <laughs> Boy, that stress is a mother on them sidelines, huh? <laughs> For real. Shout bro. out to the Irish viewers of the Believe It Steelers 100, podcast. 100, hey. 100, oh, 100, man. Uh, we, we talked about Stafford, Cooper Cup, finding him deep mm-hmm. downfield, 44 uh, yard completion, sets well, my up the game winning field goal. Yeah. Well, my nephew said yesterday, I, can't, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot say this on the show. But oh my gosh, what did he hit it? Well, my nephew said yesterday, this is barbershop talk. And I, I definitely can't say this. I definitely can't say this on the show. But Can you water it down, so, I oh, I, I can't. But Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup is definitely, Cooper Cup is definitely that guy. He is definitely that guy. I mean, I don't that, oh man, that dude though, man. I mean, I don't, how you, how you don't, how you the don't. Triple crown, you know, he's, he's how you don't, how you don't double, how you don't double, how you don't, what? Why y'all oh, so there you want to double team, Mike. Oh, no, man. No, no, yeah, yeah, how you keep, because me, I'm looking at like, they disrespecting him because He's white. That's how I'm looking at it. I said, yeah. to have the triple crown, <laughs> so, so he got to be good. Because usually your best receivers, you talk about receivers, you talk about black guys. The triple crown yeah. came from <laughs> a white. He got to be good. How does he always, why is he always open? Why y'all keep disrespecting? Cool. That's that's all about why y'all why y'all keep this because that's how I look at it. That's exactly how I'm looking at it. You ain't disrespecting Jamar Chase. You ain't disrespecting uh uh DeAndre Hopkins. How, you ain't disrespecting Justin Jefferson. How the hell you just how this man can he keep getting open? Keep. So on third down. You just gonna say, and this is no disrespect. I'm gonna let my black cornerback beat up on his white wide receiver. And guess what Coop gonna say? Well, there's another category for the triple crown. <laughs> next, <laughs> yeah. Next play. Next play. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let my I need two of y'all to take care of this one. Because this young man, <laughs> his shoes stink. And the reason why his shoes stink, because he keep kicking ass. That's exactly why his shoes stink. <laughs> That's all Cooper Cup do. He walk around with poopoo shoes. <laughs> That's that's all he do because he ain't doing nothing but kicking ass and taking names on the field every week. You don't you don't get the triple crown by not knowing what y'all know what is do that. And I and I guarantee I know what they thinking. I know what these DCs, I know what these, I know what these corners think. Man, ain't gonna let no white boy beat. You know what? <laughs> you know what? After the game, see, I listen to players, and they ask OBJ. They say, OBJ, how you feeling about Cooper Cup? You know, almost getting a triple crown or going for the triple crown and his productivity on the field. The man said, I got a front row seat. I love watching this. Y'all keep worrying about me. They got this. They got my teammate right next to me. He's smoking y'all every time. He's the reason why I'm getting these one-on-ones. I appreciate you. So I'm letting y'all know how good this young man is. Wait, this the kicker. And this is why I need y'all viewers to understand. When a young lady after the after the game asked Cooper Cup, how did it get so wide open? And he broke down in football terminology to where you really couldn't understand it. Then somebody had to break it down to like football one-on-one. I said, oh yeah, he's a head coach on the field. 
Now I really understand why he's wide open. The man said he saw a fire zone coverage, a fire zone, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers and Dick LeBeau, which he came up with. So it's a cross coverage, a cross zone, meaning, yeah, we're going to zone the inside, but the corners on the outside are going to play man to man. So a fire zone is a fire zone is if there's anything in the numbers between the linebackers, the safety, and the strong safety, everything is zoned inside the numbers. The fact that he said that and he knew who the hot was, he said, I saw the safety come down. Usually when the safety come down, the corner blitz, I mean the outside linebacker blitz, usually when the outside linebacker blitz, the safety come down, but usually the safety is too aggressive when he came down, so I found the hole. I said, oh, my gosh. <laughs> he talks just like Sean McVay, but he's actually the player and on the field because I can see Sean McVay when he comes to the Monday morning meet and they putting in their game plan for the week. I can see Coach Sean McVay saying those exact words. The mm-hmm. fact that he said it in his post-game press conference, I'm like, okay, y'all, but I'm going to let y'all know, y'all keep disrespecting that man. He's going to shoot for another triple crown <laughs> next year. But Cooper Cup, I, I got to tell you this off, off air because what my <laughs> nephew said, and this is no disrespect, but he was spot on. Yeah, Ike, and what oh, you're talking about in terms of the explanation Cup gave, the football mm-hmm. terminology, how that is taught to where then the player can just read and react and it becomes muscle memory because you know what the defense is doing and then you know how to best attack the defense Correct. as well. That is coaching, and that comes from McVay on down. So when you hear his explanation, might not make sense to the general public, but you as a former player can pick up the terminology of, okay, not just making a catch, not just making a play, but knowing where the weak points of the defense are, exploiting that, and you know, either getting a big downfield completion, it's going to score a touchdown, knowing how to t- attack a defense where it is most vulnerable. That was kind of my takeaway. It's like I don't even understand all of the football terms, but I know because he knows the terminology and where the defense is most susceptible, he can then take advantage, and it's read and react. It's muscle memory. He's not on the field having to think about it. He can just react to what the defense is doing. So that's pre-snap. That's anticipation. And the great thing about Cooper Cup is because he is a coach on the field, and you and that quarterback got to be on the same page. So the same way you're thinking, your quarterback got to be thinking the same way. And him and Matthew Stafford, and they've been saying this in the offseason, all they do is come early and they leave late between those two. That's why, you know, he went for the Triple Cup this year. But you and that quarterback got to be seeing and thinking the same thing. If not, it's going to be an interception all day. But the fact they're on the same page all the time, that's just letting you know their relationship with each other. That's the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams relationship. That's when A.B. was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Big Ben, A.B. relationship. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 what it is. So, But, man, Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, and that was my question mark. I didn't know what Matthew Stafford was going to do mm-hmm. this year. I didn't I didn't know if he was going to get over that hump. I only sent him in the playoffs one time. But, man, he showed they come out firing and and OBJ, not only has he resurrected himself by going to the LA Rams and getting with a Sean McVay, who knows how to use receivers and get them open, it's just an extra dimension to the offense. And now, now it's really Sean McVay's, and we talked about this last week. This is really Sean McVay's offense. Like, Sean liked his shiny toy when Matthew Stafford came in, and he just wanted to sling the ball. But now he's back to running the ball, play action pass, making sure his receivers block when they need to, throwing it to his tight ends on a few extra play action passes. OBJ getting them, everybody, Higby, everybody, Cooper, everybody getting the ball. Everybody getting the ball. You know what I'm saying? So Sean McVay just got back to what he know. And what he know is about to get him back to the NFC Championship Divisional divisional game. So time will tell. He just added Jalen. At the time, and he added Bond <laughs> at the time. And you saw Aaron Donald, the Aaron Donald, seven consecutive all pros. Seven consecutive. The only. He got one more year to do it if he can stay healthy, knock on wood. He got one more year to do it. Seven consecutive all pros. We ain't talking about pro bowls. We're talking about all pros. 
This dude here, bro. This dude, this dude, this dude, Aaron Donald. I mean, God. I mean, the only thing, the only thing that concerns me for the LA Rams is their safety position. That's the only thing that concerns mm-hmm. me. That's the only thing. And they will attack. They will attack. The 49ers, they're going to attack, but they're going to attack that from my personal opinion. I think I'll be the first one to tell you it's going to be a lot of passing this game from Jimmy Garoppolo. I guarantee because they, they like the physicality of their receivers against their secondary guys. I guarantee you. And to get rid of the ball, to get rid of the ball against this D-line, they, now don't get me wrong, they're going to run that thing, but Kittle's going to have a hell of a day. Kittle's will have a hell of a day this weekend coming up. Guarantee. And we'll talk about this Monday. On yes, how many sir. yards Kittle didn't have. <laughs> yes, sir. One quick topic we need to get to, Ike, before we sign <clears throat> off here. Steelers mm-hmm. defense coordinator Keith Butler is officially retiring, 65 years old. He's been with the Steelers organization for 19 years, took over for Dick LeBeau as defensive coordinator in 2015 after 12 seasons as a linebackers coach. And Ike, the quote he had, having spent every year since 1990 as a coach either at the NFL or NCAA level, heck Mm -hmm. of a career for Keith Butler and a lot of the star players he's coached. It includes... T.J. Watt's record-breaking, record-setting performance with the single-season sack record tying with Michael Strahan. I mean, if we could go through a who's who of great Steelers linebackers that you played with as well, but heck of a career for Keith Butler in his retirement, and I wish him all the best with now that he enters a new new phase of his life and, you know, focus more on family time, and he's got new and other life endeavors. Heck of a career for Keith Butler. Yeah, Coach Bush can probably go to uh, – he can go to college whenever he wants to and be a D.C. or a D.C. specialist. They'll give him a title. He don't even really have the coach. He can just install his defense, whatever he wants to install because he's been in the league so long. He can install whatever he wants to install and just kind of oversee stuff, you know, if he really wants to. But I know Coach, coach Butts, he loves his golf. And even though he got two bad hips and two bad knees, he's going to be golfing for some time, you know, so – Big shout out to Coach Butts. Um, had nothing but I think he's one of the only coaches with the most Pro Bowl linebackers in the league. You know what I'm saying? And somebody can correct me next week if I'm wrong on this, but I don't think I'm wrong on this one because he he didn't put too many Pro Bowl linebackers in the league. Um, Coach Butts played uh ten years for Seattle, uh, a goddamn dog himself. So shout out to Coach Butts, man. Um, hope your retirement life will be nothing but happiness, but, you know, Pittsburgh's still all day, baby. Terrell Austin, the team's defense back coach, expected to fill that void. That's the reports. I made the pitch. No. I made the pitch no. last week for Vic Fanny Pack Fangio. So we will see who fills that void for the yes. Steelers' defense coordinator yes. position, Ike. It's one of our big storylines. And we talked about a lot about the quarterback position, too. One other mm-hmm. uh, word of note, too, is that the Steelers – plan to offer a tender to Dwayne Haskins. It'll be about two and a half million dollars. So Haskins and right. Rudolph, the quarterback battle, anyone else that the Steelers bring in through free agency, a trade, the draft, something we're going to be watching all off season long. But I want to see who the new DC is because I want to get back to playing Pittsburgh Steelers football. I know the Steelers have led the league in sacks for every right. season since 2017, but they struggled to stop the run, allowing a league worst more they than 2,400 rushing yards. So I want to see them shore up that defense again and who they sign yeah. as a defensive coordinator, something I'm going to be watching all off season. No, I agree with you. They got to get a D tackle though. Really, they need to get two D tackles. I'm talking about two, two, two nose tackles. Dogs. I'm not, Dogs. Yeah, two nose tackles. They, they need 200, 300-pounders. They need to get two guys who can who can suck up suck up the middle. You know, so it, it'll be funny. We're, we're, now we'll finally see if Coach T – because Coach T technically is a 4-3 guy. So we're going to see what Coach, D, Coach T doing his round. We're going to see if really Coach T take over the defense, honestly. But he's definitely a 4-3 guy. He was just working with the 3-4 because he was kind of, you know, born when he came to Pittsburgh with Coach Dick LeBeau and Coach Butts. But technically, Coach Coach T, when you looked at the Minnesota Vikings and the Tampa Bay Bucks, he's a 4-3 guy. So we'll see his personnel. We'll see if he switch up and go to a 4-3. Time will tell. 
Ike, Friday's episode, we're going to have a full preview of the conference championship games. The mm-hmm. uh, Rams open as a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the 49ers, and then the mm-hmm. Chiefs are a seven-point favorite over the Bengals. I'm really excited to preview and break down this weekend's matchups. And if they're anything like the divisional round, we are in for a treat next weekend. <clears throat> in for a big treat, no Christmas. Because Christmas just passed. We had Christmas before Christmas for the 2022 <laughs> season after this weekend, especially with these Bills and these Chiefs, what they just gave us. That was an early Christmas present. Ike, you're the absolute best. I love doing this show with you week in and week out. You mentioned earlier, 1,000 YouTube subscribers. So thank you for the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Yes. Again, we're going to be back on Friday. Got to give you a shout out, Ike, the folks over at the Believe Podcast Network. Check out the other podcasts on the Believe Podcast Network as well. A lot of great shows, a lot of great analysis from former players of their respective different teams. Uh, I want to thank the producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, and the crew over there. Today's sponsor and the presenting sponsor of today's show, betonline.ag. I want to thank the, the viewers and the listeners of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Thank you for tuning in and watching us and allowing us to be a part of your lives and doing what we do week in and week out. I, I always have so much fun. Hey, Mark, I think I talked, I think I overtalked today, but I appreciate you and the crew listening to me. But I want to thank you. I want to thank betterline.ag for sponsoring Brinks TV, Believe in Steelers podcast. Um, Got to thank everybody behind the scenes who just take care of Mark and I on getting these podcasts together. Want to thank the viewers, man. Appreciate the thousand subscriptions. Want to thank everybody for viewing. Make sure y'all five piece us. Please give us a five star. Continue to tune in. We ain't gonna do nothing but tune in and tune out and give y'all exactly what y'all need. And that's good football with some kind of entertainment between Mark and I. So appreciate y'all to death. For Eric Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will be back on Friday. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.